She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. You guys, I'm so excited to be doing some short clips each day with some of the health and fasting questions that you guys ask us all the time. These are going to be very short episodes answering very specific questions. Most of the time we have long episodes with one guest, but now I'm going to be answering some of your short individual questions. Enjoy. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you John McLeod. He is the pastor of Grace River Church, and today we're talking about spiritual fasting. So, John, welcome. Tell us a little bit about how long you've been using fasting for spiritual purposes. Okay. Wow. Since I was a teenager, do I have to tell how old I am? <laughs> no, you don't. Since I was a teenager, um, really feeling called, having always been in church, but really feeling called into ministry. Um, and didn't really want to go, so to speak. So I thought, well, I, I better spend some time with God. And I had always heard about fasting and always um, knew the Bible talked about fasting. You know, everyone from Moses to Jesus fasted. So I, I, I did. I spent some time uh, as a teenager just on one 24-hour fast. And uh, from then on, it's just been a part of who I am, uh, making decisions, getting clarity for the future, just all those dynamics in play. Yeah, I think the verse that to me, really, when I heard this verse in Matthew 6, 16 to 18, where he says, when you fast, not if you fast, it says when you fast saying, listen, this is something I'm expecting you to do. This isn't just like a, you know, a good idea. Like I'm saying, I'm expecting you to do it. And when I heard that, that was kind of what what moved me to going, okay, well, if the Bible is saying when you fast, I've got to really look at what does it say? So talk to us a little bit about what is the basis of biblical fasting? Like what are some scriptures, other scriptures besides that, that have kind of convinced you, Hey, this is a big deal. We need to do this. Sure. Sure. Well, I think what you mentioned a moment ago is powerful, especially when you talk about spiritual fasting, uh, fasting in general can be a, a spiritual dynamic, and it is a spiritual dynamic, but many people use it for health purposes that is not a part of this spiritual dynamic necessarily. But for me, it's like you said a moment ago, when you fast, you know, Jesus talks about when you pray. Um, it's not a question of if, it's when, but the spiritual fasting, you know, for instance, um, I know people that go without food for a lot of different reasons, but that's not necessarily spiritual fasting. To me, spiritual fasting comes into play when I'm I'm maybe intentional or I'm just not hungry. You know, I've I've lost a loved one and I'm not, I'm not hungry. I don't eat for days at a time. Anyway, I've got to make sure I'm filling myself with what God is doing. Um, The Bible says to, to meditate on his word day and night. When I'm when I'm fasting, it's not just about missing a meal as much as filling myself with what God is saying, with what God is doing. And that gives me clarity on what he's saying to me. Awesome. Well, so, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's, it's um, I know this is an old story. Many of you that, that may see this are going to probably have heard this in some shape or form. And it, it is folklore, I suppose. But the principles are powerful. 
Um, the Indian chief had the young warrior come up to him and discussing some issues he was wrestling with. And the young Indian um, told the chief, there's, there's two dogs inside of me. There's a white dog and a black dog. And I don't know how to wrestle with these things that are fighting within me. And the chief said, whichever one you want to win, feed that one. Mm. And so it's, it's that principle is, you know, we're talking about fasting. So how do you feed when you're fasting? Make sure I'm feeding on the word, make sure I'm spending time in prayer, that the spiritual dynamics that are in play is what I'm feeding myself with to crucify, if you will, the flesh It's telling the body. No. Mm. So can you talk to us a little bit about some specific passages in the Bible and why did they fast? So like, and what are some of the different purposes of fasting that they did and how could we apply that to our lives today? Sure. Well, throughout the word, and I do have several written down here, but throughout the word, for instance, and I, one that goes specifically to me, <laughs> well known out of Isaiah. And I love when he tells us, in uh, chapter 58 of Isaiah, he talks about us fasting, but he talks about us fasting and missing the point. Um, he says, you fasted, but it was to exploit yourself. It was to enjoy your own labors. It was to enjoy yourself. You even get mad. I jokingly call those our snicker moments when we're trying to fast, but we end up blowing up at the world or blowing up at our spouse because we just let the hunger control us. Rather, he says, if this is this not the fast I have chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not with you to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house to the poor or bring your poor to the house who are cast out? When you see the naked, cover them. And it goes on. The, the point there that I'm trying to bring up very quickly is this. Unless I'm starving my stomach, uh, unless I'm telling the flesh no and filling it with what God is doing, quite honestly, I don't even see the lost. It's hard for me to really see the brokenness. It's hard for me to really understand what needs to be set free. Um, and I, I know you're wanting me to bring out passages. I'm, I'm trying not to preach on every little passage you give me here. I'm sorry. Because that's what I found that most, in most cases, we live in such a comfortable culture that there's no, there's no need to really suffer. Uh, there's no re reason to pull away and, and starve yourself, if you will. Um, it, life's just too easy. It's too blessed. So we find ourselves very easily able to get what we need and get what we want. But if I really focus in on what God is doing, I've got to pull away and not just fast and go without food, but fill it with what God is doing. Fill it with the word. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, without just going, moving forward, um, I had several here. One, one of the primary passages or books of the Bible that I also moved from is Daniel. Mm. Um, Daniel, I believe, lived the lifestyle of fasting. But whether he was facing demands mm. from the king, um, loss of life, loss of purpose, whatever it was, he set aside um, and purposed in his heart to do what God was calling him to do. I find the same thing. That's why fasting is an ongoing process in my life, not just something we do at the beginning of the year. I don't push that on anyone. But when anyone ever asks me, man, how do you how do you get through those tough times and those tough seasons? When I just, when I say prayer and fasting, they're like, OK, well, what, what's your game plan? 
prayer and fasting. <laughs> yeah. I, I would wind up past that because that's where there's strength, there's clarity, um, spiritual strongholds. Um, there's a spiritual warfare. I know we're talking about the, the spiritual side and the, the Christian dynamic. I don't know how a lot of people feel about that, but there's a spiritual warfare that we fight. And if I don't see it, if I don't recognize it, I'm overcome with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually wrote a book called Fasting to Freedom. And in it, I have a thing that's called Reasons We Fast. And I created an acronym and it's H-O-P-E. And H stands for heal and hear. O stands for overcoming difficult times. P stands for provision and protection. And E stands for enslaving sins. Because every time I looked in the Bible of why they fasted, I was like, all right, well, this one either needed to heal their body or this one needed to hear from God or this one needed to was having a difficult time and they needed to overcome difficult times or, um, you know, they needed provision or protection or they were battling an enslaving sin. And so that was the acronym that I came up with. you know, to do it. So what would be your favorite passage um, in the Bible of someone, you know, with enslaving sins? So like, let's say they had an enslaving sin in their life. Can you think of a passage that kind of talked about um, how someone kind of healed themselves with an enslaving sin from fasting? Sure. I would say, I mean, Paul comes to mind, uh, many times, maybe not so much from an enslaving sin, but from an ongoing uh, battle with sin. For instance, when he talks about his um, uh, the, the the pain or the suffering um, in his flesh that he was trying to ask the Lord to deliver him from, um, his grace, God said, is sufficient. It's uh, but I have no doubt in my mind there was many times of prayer and many days of fasting that Paul experienced as he was moving into that. Jesus, I think the the most specific passage that I draw from, and I know we're not saying that Jesus had uh, to be delivered from something, but it's when Jesus was in the wilderness. I draw so much uh, power from that particular scenario because if Jesus can be tempted, and the Bible says he was tempted just like we are, but he overcame it and he will help us overcome it. Um, It just shows me that through prayer and fasting, we're going to be attacked but we overcome him with the word. That's why I was trying to be clear, if nothing else, about when we fill ourselves, it's got to be with the word of God, not just emptiness. Um, but because I know I'm going to face, those are the main three temptations I'm going to face. Um, being able to meet my own needs, being able to satisfy my own flesh. That's what I'm battling with anyway. The, the, the need for notoriety, the need for fame, the need for being known, my kingdom. Those kind of things are always the things that just press in, and they may be subtle at times, but those are the big issues that I've had to personally overcome. Um, My wife thinks I've still got a lot of work, but uh, when it comes to issues in my own personal life, there's been many times I can look back and not even know exactly what God was doing, because just one one little cliff note, I I used to fast. There, There were times when I caught myself fasting to move the hand of God. And that was never the case. Uh, Once I started fasting, I realized it wasn't me trying to get God to do something for me. That's why my my fasting, our fasting never impresses God. 
It's, mm. it, it's us more sensitive and more aware of what God's already doing. And what I realize God's always doing is working on me. So fasting really clarifies the dynamics of what God wants to do in me and breaking down my physical body, if you will, uh, not only cleanses the body, but it cleanses my spirit, my mind, and really just puts me in a more surrendered position to what God wants. Yeah, absolutely. I promise I'm not evading your question. The, the passage of, of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness is my sort of my go-to. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, the one I was thinking about was in Matthew 17 in verse 21. And at the end of the verse, it says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And I, the interesting thing about that passage is I realized that in the new, in the NIV version, they actually took the passage out. Um, and they, they put this kind doesn't come out except by prayer. But in the, all of the other versions, it says by prayer and fasting. And this was, it was the story of the boy healed. And um, there was, it was the passage where he says like, Lord, have mercy on my son for he's an epileptic and he s suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and the water. And so, and they, he had brought him to the disciples, but the disciples couldn't heal them. And so Jesus healed the boy. Right. And when Jesus answered, he said, he answered, he said, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. That was another really powerful passage for me when I read it and why I think that like there's certain things in people's lives that you just cannot like it's like overeating is a perfect example. So for me, that was a sin that I had problems with overeating. I just wanted to overeat, wanted to overeat. And it wasn't until I started practicing fasting that I could get out of that bondage of overeating mm -hmm. um, kind of for good. No, that, that's, that's powerful. I can't speak to the reasons behind the NIV, but I know in, in studies in the past, um, the early church fathers, now th this goes several hundred years, especially into uh, when the church was made a state religion in about uh, 350, 400 AD, <clears throat> a lot of the church fathers would consider prayer and fasting to be the same dynamic. Um, they, they never, uh, you know, when, when we think of prayer and fasting in our modern age, fasting really is something you have to be so intentional about or it will never be a part of your life. Mm. But there, there have been times in church history where fasting was fasting because you had no food. So prayer and fasting could easily go hand in hand. But that being said, I totally agree. We, we have to get to a place um, where we have to be very intentional about everything we do with our flesh, or it really uh, stops our faith in its tracks. Um, that all things are possible with God, but the flesh is willing. Or the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right. Constantly, I'm having to put myself in that position. That's a powerful passage where I'm saying, God, can I really see that you are able to do this? Do I really believe? You know, it's easy to pray it, but do I really believe it? You guys, if you've been listening to my podcast, you know I've been talking about Masszymes, which is a digestive enzyme from Bioptimizers. 
And I want you to know that here's the thing. For me, having a digestive enzyme is a game changer because one of the biggest things that happens to me is I get really tired after my meal if I don't do it. And I have a problem with nutrient absorption. So if you could be eating the cleanest diet ever, but if you're not absorbing it, that's an issue. So this month, they're doing a really great special and you're going to get a free bottle of the digestive enzymes from Bioptimizers. And so all you have to do is pay a nominal shipping fee. That's it. No other strings attached. It's the best thing ever. So get your free bottle of digestive enzymes. It's called Masszymes. Go to masszymes.com slash free and use the coupon code wasteaway10. That's it. So masszymes.com slash free. Use the coupon wasteaway10. It's awesome. So what is the longest fast that you've done and what have you done specifically to really kind of help you make it through that fast? Sure. <clears throat> the first um, the first thing that I would say is just be intentional about it. If you just get up one day and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to fast. You know, you'll every billboard that you see, you will be able to taste it. You know, you, you'll cardboard will sound. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, I think just being intentional, but also on the longest fast I've ever done was 21 days, water only. Wow. And it's hard for me to say that because it almost sounds the wrong way to fast because the Bible tells us, you know, wash your face, anoint your head with oil. In other words, look good, smell good. Don't mm -hmm. walk around. Yeah, don't bother me right now. I'm fasting. Mm -hmm. Um so it's, you know, it's hard to talk about that sometimes, but um, the reality is it's hard for people not to notice because you, you begin to walk a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to the, the, the difficulty, quite honest, besides being weak after about uh, the second or third day, starting to feel weaker, I was uh, quite amazed at how I was not hungry mm -hmm. after the second day. Um, not a lot of hunger pains. Occasionally, I would drink a lot of water, and I did occasionally drink, I'm sorry, some grape juice, only only to after the first two or three weeks to just make sure I wasn't killing people with my breath. Mm -hmm. But that's just um, the, the main thing, though, is it, it was in a period of time, too, where I wasn't around a lot of people for weeks at a time. So it, it wasn't I had to do a lot of meetings, nothing like that. I would say um, I've never I've only done that one time and I've not done it for years. What I typically do now is one day a week or multiple meals throughout the week, unless we're moving into a series like we are now. And if I'm encouraging people to do a Daniel fast or something of that nature, I'll participate for myself. But I always I want to walk people through things that I'm also preaching and teaching. I also encourage very quickly to not just have people just jump into a fast unless they're praying for God to lead them into something specific. That's why coming out of Nehemiah has been so powerful because a lot of people have been wrestling for, for many, many weeks now on that one thing that's been broken, that one thing that they just can't get. You mentioned a moment ago, you're eating. There's one thing that everybody's wrestling with, um, many things probably, but there's one thing that at least has come to the surface for a lot of our church families and as we move into a series and move into a period of prayer and fasting, it's going to allow them to really focus on that one area, not for God to move, but to, 
for them to see how God is moving and to, to watch. I believe deliverance is going to take place. I'm already so excited about 2020 because I'm really expecting deliverance and a lot of healing to take place in our relationships. Mm. So talk a little bit about the Daniel fast and how, you know, one of the things that I didn't realize until I really started in depth in my book is that in Daniel, they talk about a fat, he talks about him fasting twice. So in Daniel one, he says, please test your servants for 10 days, give them nothing, but give us nothing but vegetables and water to drink for 10 days. Then he goes back on the second uh, Daniel fast in in chapter 10 of Daniel. And he says, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips. So it was kind of two different things. One was literally just vegetables and water. And then the second one was no choice food. So what does that mean to you when it says no choice food, no meat, no wine? When you're describing to someone and they want to do a Daniel fast, what are you telling them that they you know, shouldn't be having during that time? Right. Uh, if, if someone wants to do the specific Daniel fast, and I know there are many books out on it, because there's a ton, I say a ton, there are multiple uh, menu items that consist of vegetables or broths and different things like that. Um, I, I encourage people to just really step back and because it's not a diet. It can't just be a diet. Um, if they're not filling themselves with the word, if they're not spending time in prayer, I'd rather them just keep eating. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if if they're wanting to do this to understand the dynamics behind it, because there, there is going to be weight loss. If, if, if they go on a healthy diet, there'll be weight loss. On the, on the other hand, um, especially when Daniel, in those two challenging moments, um, he wasn't talking necessarily about specific menu items as he was cutting out um, things that would have proven to have been better. Um, so the King's choice meats, the we just vegetables and water, the first fast, it was more of when I talk to people about the Daniel fast, it may just be fruits and vegetables. It may be just certain menu items that help them cut back on what they've already done. But I really don't, honestly, I don't even take the detail unless they get a book and I, I've, I have looked through your book, by the way. Michael gave me one incredible, incredible Thank work. Thank you. And so it, even if they took something like your book or other books, and there's great menus out there that help people cut back tremendously while they're doing less in their body, their body's feeling it, but they can spend time spiritually speaking. Um, I do believe it has to be food, by the way. I know a lot of people this is not a judgment, but a lot of people mm. you know, say, I'm, I'm going to fast television. I, I understand what they're saying. I, that doesn't, you know, if I miss television, I just missed hearing bad news for 24 hours. Um, but that goes into what am I feeding myself more than fasting? So if I'm fasting, I make sure I don't watch television because I want to be feeding myself with the right material. But a Daniel fast I would just encourage people, some people are going to just cut back on what they're eating um, or just cut out sweets. Um, and that's that's a part of how they're going to be fasting. And we get into the medical issues and, and if people are on medication, um, you know, I really help people just try to make wise decisions on how they're going to fast. But it, it would be emphasizing the fasting of food, not just stuff. Right. Meats. Um, honestly, that's 
my wife's been getting me to try to get me to do that for years um, on different lifestyle, you know, Mediterranean diet, different diets that are out there. If, if we just cut back on certain things, um, it's just healthy for our bodies anyway. I just want to make sure that spiritually speaking, that I'm also feeding myself in that process. Something you brought up about um, Daniel's second diet, and I don't think it was hardcore in this direction, but um, I'm going back to the church fathers very quickly. Whenever there was um, hard decisions to be made, they would go on what they called a dry food or a dry bread or bread and water diet. Um, that sounds a little bit extreme because it also was used as punishment. You know, and a lot of times in some of the movies now from uh, when I was a kid anyway, they would just, if the prisoners were bad, they would just put them on bread and water. Well, that, that just meant um, you were going to suffer because you were not going to be receiving nutrients. It was dry food and water, but your body would be breaking down. To a great extent, that's a powerful fast in itself, um, whether it's nuts or breads um, and water, because your body does break down, but it's still, um, if you're not feeding it, you're just starving yourself. Yeah. Well, and I love that because the Greek word for fast means not to eat. It doesn't say not to do TV, not to do video, not to take something out. It literally, the Greek word for fast means not to eat. So it's right. like, if you're going to say, I'm going to fast, right. it means you don't eat. Right. <laughs> so you can't say, you can say I'm abstaining from, right. you can say I'm abstaining from Facebook. I'm abstaining from video game. Right. But if you're right. going to say the word fast, right. the Greek word means not to eat. So yeah. you can't not eat video games. Right, right. And if you are, there are other medical issues involved. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> No, that's very true. So let's talk about corporate fasting for a second. Um, it's funny because, you know, I'm so glad that you are preaching about fasting because when I, I went to a church that uh, tons of different churches before I went to the church that um, my husband had introduced me to, it's called Beach Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And they, when I, I had just joined there and it was crazy because they said, okay, we're going to do a 21. I, I just came for the first time when I had met my, my husband and he, they said, we're going to start. This is my, I think it was like my first or second Sunday. He said, okay, everyone in the church, we're doing a corporate wide fast. No one's going to be eating for 21 days. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never even heard of fasting in the Bible. And I've been going to church since I was, I had given my life to Christ when I was uh, like 12 years old. So right. I was like, what is going on? So tell people a little bit about um, what is corporate wide fasting and how is it powerful and, and all of that? Sure. Well, I mean, for us, um, I, I definitely want to look into um, how your church, if that, how that was implemented, because we invite people to it. They do. They did. Yeah. Yeah. They so, did. And I'm exaggerating. They did. They said anyone who wants to do it and you could, and they said you can do it for one day or three days. Right. And, and actually one of the things they said is that you can fast from Facebook or you can fast from this and you can fast from whatever. And now that I've really learned about fasting, I'm like, no, it's yeah. gotta be food. So I think a lot, a lot of corporate uh, dynamics that are in play, it's mainly trying to get people's attention from here to here. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those were my hands out there. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. It's because it's we live. Our, our world is so distracted that even to talk to people in the congregation and say the word fasting, it's so it's so otherworldly that um, if you invite them to it, they'll they'll nod and say yes, but then they'll just come back next Sunday maybe. The, the whole idea is to get people's attention from all the distractions to at least be focused on what the church is talking about. Because at, at some point, especially if they give guides to, if someone wanted to do 21 days, if someone wanted to do just a, a day a week, or how would I walk out doing a 24 hour fast? How would I walk out just doing one meal a day for, for three days? Giving people a lot of opportunities to not eat, but give them also guidance on what they should be doing when they're not eating. Because again, just mm-hmm. skipping the meal is not the point. It's, I know, getting back into the Word. Um, what is God doing in those circumstances? Um, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but the, the, the big thing is getting people focused back on what God is doing. I'm sure Beach Fellowship and any other church I know, they're probably in a series on that new thing that God could do in your life. What do you want that marriage to look like? What do you want your life to look like? And it's, it's crucifying or starving the flesh. And, and yes, in this modern day culture, they use the word fasting, but we know what they mean when they say, you know, lay down that cell phone, lay down the media. So instead of going on Facebook, let's go to the word uh, for an hour a day. Um, yeah. But there's something, there's just something, there's a dynamic that comes into play that you don't get when you just lay something down. It's when you don't fill this, this temple up with food, but with the word, because it rebels. Um, the, the body says, no, I want what I want. And fasting says, you're not going to get it. So describe one more time about the, describe in detail about the corporate fasting that you guys do. Sure. We we have a pamphlet made up. Uh, for, for instance, this year, we're, um, again, the focus can be 2020 vision for the rest of your life. And so we made up a pamphlet, not only to take them through, is I'm preaching on prayer and implementing fasting and ways of fasting throughout. Um, but the, the dynamic is that by the end of the month, they will somehow have fasted, intentionally not eaten, and focused on Bible study, prayer, meditation of the word, and then by the end of our series have memorized scripture. Now that the fasting dynamic is in these pamphlets that we've had printed up, there's just several different ways they can journal, they can um, decide how they're going to fast. We don't put menus in because there's there's so many different um things that we'll add along the way if, if they want to do a three-day or if they want to just do one day. We help them have paths that they could walk out. Many people have fasted um, themselves already, so they don't even ask. And I don't, you know, if people don't fast, we don't even find out sometimes anyway. But we just try to make sure everyone has some type of tool to be able to move forward and participate. Awesome. Well, I'd like to give a couple more copies of this book to oh, wow. Fasting to Freedom to your, if you want to do like a contest or whatever, and give it out on Sunday to your church. Because one of the things I think that's really helped me when I was fasting was to just constantly be reading about fasting. And so, you know, this 
tells you all of the different passages in the Bible about yeah. fasting. And the more you're just absorbed into the word about fasting and books about fasting, it does make fasting so much easier, don't you think? Absolutely. And, and even doing it with someone, um, you know, yes. or a small group, it just makes it so much easier if you're all fasting the same meal together and doing a Bible study. Awesome. But that's thank you for the books too. That's that's a yes. tremendous blessing. Well, tell people how they can find out more about you and follow your work as sure. well. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I do a lot of uh, work here at the church. Obviously, it's Grace River Church, and um, our website is Grace River Virginia or BA dot com. And I also teach at Regent University, a local school here. So there's a lot of involvement with some of the young. Uh, young adults and, and uh, older students uh, moving through their education. But they're between the school and the church. I'm always right here in Virginia Beach somewhere and just building the kingdom of God or watching God build his kingdom. And I just get to be along uh, along for the ride. So it's just um, that I'm pretty simple that way. Um, don't have my own website, but um, I can be found at the church. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. We really, really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And you guys stay tuned because we have another episode coming up right now in just a minute. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.